Hello guys! What time is it? It's silly and sissy time! Yay! Alright. I see Bubbala. I got my friends here. I got Uni, little Cory. And I got Pink Panther. I see Pink Panther. And I see Cedars, the pig. And Abigail too. Abigail, and I see you! I see you ready for story time, sitting there ready. So we're going to tell some stories and sing some songs. And all my friends are listening. We got some books, The Tree is Nice, and The Little Prince. And today was Father's Day. So why don't we tell a story about fathers? Let's, let's hear a song about fathers. Fathers are nice, fathers are nice. They make you lunch and feed you apple pie and ice cream treats. Fathers get you ready for bed. Fathers swing you higher than you could ever go. So you touch the sky. Fathers touch you and make you happy. Fathers give love, fathers are true heroes in my eye. We love you, Daddy, yes we do. We love you, Papa, yes we do. We love you, Daddy, Daddy, Father, too. Whatever you call him, Daddy, Father, Papa, Pop, we love you, thank you. For doing all you do, Daddy, 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 we sing and salute you. Thanks for giving us ice cream treats and giving, making me eat my vegetables too. I love you, Daddy. Thank you for making me brave, Daddy. That's to all the daddies out there. And thank your daddy. Why don't you? <sighs> so, uh, we're going to tell a story. A tree is nice in William's doll. How about that? And we'll find a poem about a daddy. All right, today we're reading William's doll. And this book is by Charlotte Zutzlow. Pictures by William Penney Dubose. William's doll. To Bill and Nancy. William wanted a doll. He wanted to hug it and cradle it in his arms. And give it a bottle and take it to the park and push it in the swing. And bring it back home and undress it and put it to bed. And pull it down and pull down the shades and kiss it goodnight. Mwah! And watch its eyes close. And then William wanted to wake it up in the morning when the sun came up. And start all over again. And just as though he were his father and, as it, and it were his child. A doll, said his brother. Don't be a creep. Sissy, 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 said the boy next door. How would you like a basketball, said his father. But William wanted the doll. It would have blue eyes and curly eyelashes and long white dress and a bonnet. And when the eyes closed... They would make a little click like the doll that belonged to Nancy next door. Creepy, said his brother. Sissy, sissy, chanted the boy next door. 
and his father brought home a smooth round basketball and climbed up a ladder and attached it to the garage and showed William how to jump as he threw the ball so that it went through the net and bounced down into his arms again. He practiced a lot and got good at it, but it had nothing to do with the doll. William still wanted one. His father bought him an electric train. They set it up in the floor and made an eight out of the tracks and bought in twigs from outside and set them in clay so they looked like trees. The tiny train treaded and around and around the tracks with a clackety-clack sound. William made cardboard stations and tunnels and bridges and played with the train a lot. But he didn't stop wanting a doll to hug and cradle and take to the park. One day... His grandma came to visit. William showed her how he could throw the ball through the net attached to the garage outside. He showed her the electric train along the tracks through the tunnel over the bridge around the curve until it came to a stop in front of the station which William had made. She was very impressed and interested and they went for a walk together and William said but you know what I really want is a doll wonderful said his grandmother no William said my brother says they'll make me a creep and the boy next door called me a sissy and my father brings me other things instead nonsense said his grandmother she went to the store and chose a baby doll with curly eyelashes and a long white dress and a bonnet the doll had blue eyes and when they closed they made a clicking sound and William loved it right away like you would love your baby. But his father was upset. He's a boy, he said to William's grandmother. He has a basketball, electric train, a workbench to build things. Why does he need a doll? William's grandmother smiled. He needs it, she said, to hug and to cradle and take to the park so that when he's a father like you, he will know how to take care of his baby and feed him and love him and bring him the things he wants like a doll so that he can practice being a father like you. And so William got his doll. So, every boy and, and every girl should have a doll so they know what it's like. to. But especially boys should have a doll so they can be a good father. And this book was written in 1973, a long time ago. And things might have changed a little bit, but in some places maybe they hadn't. Because everything is very different and still the same. But everyone should, if you want to learn to be a parent, you should have a little doll. And that's the message. To be a good daddy, you can learn those things. So thank you, daddies. Thank you for being loving. Thank you for teaching us how to be a parent and just whether it's to a kid or to a doggy or a cat like my cat. I'm not a daddy. I'm not even a mommy. I'm a kitty mommy. But that's another story for another day. Um, but yes. So there you go. William's doll. You can find that somewhere. In the stores. And now we'll read A Tree is Nice. And then we'll read Little Prince. Tree is Nice by Janice May. Trees are very nice. They fill up the sky. They go inside the rivers and down the valleys. They live up on the hills. Trees make, trees make the wood. They make everything beautiful. Even if you have just one tree, it is nice too. A tree is nice because it has leaves. 
The leaves whisper in the, the breeze all the time. In the fall, the leaves come down and we play in them. We walk in the leaves and roll in the leaves. We build playhouses out of leaves. Then we pile them up with rakes and have a bonfire. A tree is nice because it has trunks and limbs. We climb the tree and see all the yards. We sit in the limb and think about things or play pirate ship up in the tree. It is apples. We can, if it has apples, we can climb it to pick the apples. Cats get away from dogs by climbing up a tree. Birds build nests in trees and live there. Sticks come off the trees too. We drive in the sand with the stick. We draw in the sand with the sticks from the trees. A tree is nice to hang a swing in. Or a basket of flowers. It is a good place to lean your hoe while you rest. And a tree, a tree is nice because it makes shade. The cows lie down in the shade when it is hot. So can you. People have picnics there too. And the baby takes his nap in a buggy in the shade under a tree. And a tree is nice for a house to be near. The tree shades the house and keeps it cool. The tree holds off the wind and keeps the wind from blowing the roof off of the home sometimes. A tree is nice to plant. You dig the biggest hole you can and put the little tree in. Then you pour in lots of water and then the dirt. You hang the shovel back in the garage. Every day for years and years you watch the little tree grow. You say to people, I planted that tree. They wish they had one so they too could go. They wish they had one so they too go home and plant a tree. The end. Oh. You can plant a tree with your daddy today. If you don't, with your grandpa, your uncle, or a good friend. Someone who's like a daddy to you. Uh, so here's the little prince. We are just leaving off with the little prince. A certain more um he was just saying I do not know how to see sheep through the walls of boxes because I'm a little like grown-ups I have to I had to grow up and so as each day passed I would learn in our talk something about the little prince's planet his departure from it his journey the information would come very slowly as it might chance to fall from his thoughts it was in this way that I heard on the third day about the catastrophe of the Bobabs. This time, once more, I had the sheep to thank for it. For the little prince asked me abruptly, as if seized by a grave doubt, Is it true, isn't it, that sheep eat little bushes? Yes, that is true. Oh, I am glad. I did not understand why it was so important that sheep should eat little bushes. But the little prince added... Then it follows that they also eat bobobs. I pointed out to the little prince that bobobs were not little bushes, but on the contrary, trees as big as castles, and that even if he took a whole herd of elephants away with him, the herd would not eat up a single bobat. The idea of the herd of elephants made little prince laugh. We would have to put them one on top of each other, he said, but he made a wise comment. Before they grow so big, the bobats start out by being little. 
That is strictly correct, I said. But why do you want the sheep to eat the little bobads? He answered me at once. Oh, come, come, as if he were speaking of something that was self-evident. And I was obliged to make a great metal effort to solve the problem without any assistance. Indeed, as I learned, they were on the planet where the little prince lived, as on all planets, good plants had plant, good planets and bad plants. In consequence, there were good seeds from good plants and bad seeds from bad plants. But seeds are invisible. They sleep deep in the heart of the earth's darkness until someone among them is seized with the desire to awaken. Then this little seed will stretch itself and begin timidly at first to push a charming little spring offensively, offensively toward the sun. If it is only a sprout or a radish or a sprig of a rose bush, one would let it grow wherever it might wish. But when it is a bad plant, one must destroy it as soon as possible, the very first instant that one recognizes it. Now there were some terrible seeds on the planet that was the home of the little prince, and those were the seeds of the bobad. The soil of the planet was infested with them. A bobad is something you will never, never be able to get rid of if you attend it too late. It spreads over the entire planet. It bores clear through it with roots. And if the planet is too small and the bobads are too many, they split it in pieces. It is a question, it is a question of discipline, the little prince said to me later on. When you finish your own toilet in the morning, then it is time to attend to the toilet of your planet. Just so. With the greatest care, you must see to it that you pull up regularly all the bobads at the very first moment when they can be distinguished from the rose bushes, which they resemble so closely in their earliest youth. It is very tedious work, the little prince added, but very easy. And one day he said to me, you ought to make a beautiful drawing so that the children where you live can see exactly how all this is. That would be very useful to them if they were to travel some day. Sometimes, he added, there is no harm in putting off a piece of work into another day, but when it is a matter of bobads, it always, always means a catastrophe. I knew a planet that was inhabited by a lazy man. He neglected three little bushes. So, as the little prince described it to me, I have made a drawing of that planet. I do not much like to take the tone of a moralist, but the danger of the bobads is so little understood, and such considerable risks would be run by anyone who might get lost in an asteroid, that for once I am breaking through my reserve. Children, I say plainly, watch out for the bobads. My friends, like myself, have been skirting the danger for a long time without ever knowing it, and so for it is then that I have worked so hard over this drawing the lesson which I pass on by all means possible. And it is worth all the trouble it has cost me. Perhaps you will ask me, why are there no other drawings in this book as magnificent and impressive as the drawing of the Bobans? Well, the reply is simple. I have tried, but with the others I have not been successful. When I had made the drawing of the bobads, I was carried beyond myself by the inspiring force of urgency and necessity. O oh, little prince, 
Bit by bit, I come to understand the secrets of your sad little life. For a long time, you have found your only entertainment in the quiet pleasure of looking at the sunset. I learned that new detail on the morning of the fourth day when you said to me, I'm very fond of sunsets. Come, let us go look at a sunset now. But we must wait, I said. Wait for what? For the sunset. We must wait until it is time. At first you seemed to be very much surprised. And then you laughed to yourself. You said to me, I am always thinking that I am at home. Just so everybody knows that when it is noon in the United States, the sun is setting over at France. If you could fight at France in one minute, you could, you could go straight into the sun right from noon. Unfortunately, France is too wife, far away for that. But on your teeny planet, my little planet, all you need to do is move your chair a few steps. You can see the day and the night and the twilight falling whenever you like. One day, you said to me, I saw the sunset 44 times. And a little later, you added, you know, one loves a sunset when one is so sad. Were you so sad then, I asked, on the day of the 44 sunsets? But the little prince made no reply. The little prince made no reply. Well, that is that. Shall we read one more chapter? Just a couple pages. On the fifth day, again, as always, it was thanks to the sheep, the secret of the little prince's life was revealed to me abruptly without anything being led to it. He demanded, a sheep, if it eats little bushes, does it eat flowers too? A sheep, I answered, eats anything it finds in the reach, even flowers that have thorns. Yes, even flowers that have thorns. Then the little thorns. What use are they? I did not know. At that moment, I was very busy trying to unscrew a bolt that had got stuck in my engine. I was very much worried, for it was becoming clear to me that the breakdown of my plane was extremely serious, and I had so little drinking water left that I had to fear the worst. The thorns. What use are they? The little prince never let go of a question once he had asked it. As for me, I was upset over the bolt, and I answered with the first thing that came to my head. The thorns are of no use at all. Flowers have thorns just for spite. Oh! There was a moment of complete silence. Then the little prince flashed back at me with a kind of resentless restlessness. I don't believe you. Flowers are weak creatures. They are naive. They re reassure themselves as best as they can. They believe that their therns are terrible weapons. I did not answer. At this instance, I was saying to myself, if the bolt still won't turn, I'm going to knock it out with the hammer. Again, the little prince disturbed my thoughts. And you actually believe that the flowers? Oh, no, I cried. No, 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 I don't believe anything. I answered you with the first thing that came into my head. Don't you see I'm very busy with a matter of consequence? He stared at me, thunderstruck. Matters of consequence? He looked at me, though, through there with my hammer in my hand, my fingers black with engine grease, bending down over an object which seemed to him extremely ugly. You talk just like grown-ups. That made me a little ashamed, but he went on rel relentlessly. You mix everything up together. You confuse everything. He was really very angry. He tossed his golden curls in the breeze. 
I knew a planet where there was a certain red-faced gentleman. He has never sm smelled a flower. He has never looked at a star. He never lo loved anyone. He has never done anything in his life but add up figures. And all day, he says over and over and over, just like you, I am busy with matters of consequence. And that makes him swell up with pride. But he is not a man. He is a mushroom. A what? A mushroom. The little prince was now white with rage. The flowers have been gro growing thorns for millions of years. For millions of years, the sheep have been eating them just the same. It is not a matter of consequence to try to understand why the flowers go to so much trouble to grow thorns, which are never any of use to them. It is the warfare between the sheep and the flowers not important. Is this not of more consequence than a flat-faced gentleman's sums? And if I know, I know myself, one flower which is unique in the world, which grows nowhere but on my planet, but which one little sheep can destroy in a single bite, some morning, without even noticing what he is doing. Oh, you think that is not important? His face turned white from red as he continued. If someone loves a flower of which just one single blossom grows in all the millions and millions of stars, it is enough to make him happy just to look at the stars. He can say to himself, somewhere my flower is there. But even if the sheep eats the flowers in one moment, all the stars will be darkened. And you think that is not important? He cannot say anything more. His words were choked by sobbing. That night, the night had fallen. I left my tools dropped from my hands of what, of what moment now was my hammer. My ball or thirst or death. One star, one planet, my planet, the earth. There's a little prince to be comforted. I took him on my arms and rocked him. I said to him, Oh, the flower that you love is not in danger. I will draw you a muzzle for your sheep. I will draw you a railing to put around your flower. I will. I did not know what to say to him. I felt awkward and blundered. I did not know how I could reach him, where I could overtake him and go on hand in hand with him once more. It is such a secret place, the land of tears. Well, that is that. That's a sad place to end, isn't it? But we'll see. I think the little prince will be fine. Because he had the comfort of that beautiful man to make him happy. And I, once again, his tears will not fall. So, it's okay to be a little bit sad. It's okay to cry when you must. But don't let the tears fall too long. Bounce back and be happy, happy, happy. But if you must, be sad, be sad. To my dad. Daddy, I love you. I love you much. You make me cry. You make me smile. You make me safe. You make me brave. You make me strong. I love you more than the wind in my hair. Thank you for being there and keeping me safe. And that's to all the daddies out there. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, I see Abigail. I see little unique Corey. I see Cedars. And I see Pig Panther. And I see you. Well, guys, thanks for listening. 
And join us again for Silly Aunt Sissy, everyone's favorite auntie. Yay! Bye-bye.